to the legions. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Bienvenidos. Welcome in. Come on in to the What You've Been Watching podcast, hosted by me, the marvelous Mike Dudley, and co-hosted the multilingual Mike Dudley on that one. <laughs> Uh, it is your boy MD3, Marcus Dudley, checking in on you. What's going on out there in podcast land, folks? Top so, of the cap to you. Raise up the glass. How you doing right. there, brother? Uh, I'm good, man. It's It's been a been a long week. I've been playing injured, so uh, yeah. just it's I'm, I'm ready for to be off the injured reserve list and back in action. Doctor said you need a bacchiotomy? I do need a bacchiotomy. My whole everything is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you can go ahead and scratch that one on your bingo card nice and early. Marcus makes a pest ladies man or half-baked reference. They're, they're coming. Um, anyways, so what you been watching, my guy? That's the million-dollar question. That's what everybody wants to know. What you been watching? Oh, uh, what have you been watching? Once again, you know, always with the BSG, trying to keep up on that. Battlestar uh, Galactic Cats. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but kind of tapered off that. Just part of ADHD is I obsess about things and then taper off of them, and I'm sort of reaching that point with that, so... Uh, got into uh, Westworld in order to try and satisfy my sci-fi itch, and never seen a single episode. Hit me with it though. Uh, so basically, it's a it's a reboot reimagining of the classic Michael Crichton novel, and of course there was the movie that came out in God, I want to say like seventy eight, seventy nine, maybe of Westworld. Uh, basically, it's it's a theme park with animatronic robots that are supposed to be so lifelike that you can't tell the difference. And as with all things in Michael Crichton novels, science goes awry, and the animatronic robots start to revolt and start to kill guests one by one. So, oh. yeah, starring... Uh, who, who, was the, who was the main bad guy? Oh, Yul Brenner. From, oh, wow. The uh, movie you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yul Brenner from the original. Uh, in this one, it's uh, Evan Rachel Wood... Uh, Dan- Jeffrey Wright, Tandy Newton, Tandy Newton, Tandy, Tandy Newton, Tandy, however you pronounce that. Um, Anthony Hopkins plays the park creator, sort of the uh, Walt Disney oh, wow. uh, sort of esque figure, if you will. Uh, Ed Harris is deliciously evil in this. He's such a good character, like villain. Like he's, he's so great. good. He's great. He, he's a good actor period but yeah like, yeah yeah watch um a history of violence for another really great oh yeah uh ed harris villain uh yeah yeah it's it's really good i they they seem to be playing around with multiple storylines happening at the same time and it's very obvious that they're either they're either duplicate characters or they're playing around with time and I'm not real sure what is what because there's certain scenes. So like Dolores is is the Evan Rachel Wood character and she's the perennial damsel in the stress. She's okay. the, 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 the farmer's daughter who's always getting kidnapped and getting shot down and, and players, people who go to the park can basically make these decisions whether they want to rescue her or do unspeakable horrors to her or like the park is all about choices and and getting to live you know your white hat or black hat life and just sort of where you go with that and so she's been continually you know had bad stuff happen to her continually met really interesting people but then they always reset it every like 24 or 48 hours whatever so she's constantly living all these different lives whatever um so she's sort of the 
main protagonist in terms of we we learn about the park through her through her eyes. Okay, right, I got you. Right. But but there's scenes that happen that she's out on a mission with one of the uh, park guests, and then in another scene immediately following, she's locked up and in in isolation and quarantine, and they they can't happen immediately after another so it's very obvious that either there are multiple Doloreses or we're playing around with different timelines and sort of this storyline is happening first and this one's happening second but they're not clear on what's what and I'm sort of reaching the point now where I need somebody to come down and explain exactly where I am in the story like right. they've, they've built up enough intrigue and enough mystery they just keep raising questions, and eventually you're like, I need a couple of these answered. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I feel you. They, they'll, they'll give you the briefest hint of, of an answer, and then that invariably leads to an even bigger question. Yeah. And so there's a certain point where you're just like, all right, I just I need to know where I am in this story. Like, what's my role here? Who am I rooting for? Who am I not rooting for? How does this exactly tie into this? Stop they, playing with my emotions, it, ultimately. Yeah, exactly. And they haven't done it yet, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm all but three episodes into the into the first season, and I'm willing to at least give it the first season to have some of those questions answered. And then, depending on where they go from that, I may or may not join on for more. But okay, yeah, I've heard the first. I mean, this is just from like two people that I spoke mm-hmm. to. I have no. Uh, it's one of those shows that, like, I think I would really get into. Mm-hmm. There's just so much content. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so much stuff. Like, there's tons of shows. I'm like, oh, I bet I would love that. Like, Breaking Bad, I'm sure I would love it. Sure. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm sure I would love uh, Game of Thrones. Never seen a single episode. I just never... There's just so much stuff, and then it becomes so much to, like, get into that I'm just like, man, like, it's an investment, and I just want to watch cartoons while I fall asleep. <laughs> That's the problem, like, right? yeah, yeah, I just don't... I need something right. nonsense while I fall asleep. Because right, if I, right. I've learned that if I put anything interesting on, I just stay up and watch it. If it's an episode of anything that I've seen before, like I had Bar Rescue on the other <laughs> night, and I was just like, I need to know I'm what happened. Shutting it down. Yep. So I love the formula of that show. Like has just evolved into John Taffer walks in to save a bar, finds some bullshit, threatens to walk out, go to commercial. Come back oh, from yeah. commercial. I'm coming back to save the bar, but not for you. It's for them. Yeah, and he's like pointing to the employees or whatever. And then like saves the bar. The employee or the, the, the owner is like, I don't know if I like all this. And Taffer's like, this is the way we're going to do it. Come back. And all the employees are like, yeah, this is the way we're going to do it for sure. Yeah. Like it's Cut just commercial. So... Okay. We got you a new bar. We've renovated it. Turn around in three, two, one commercial. Right. 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 <laughs> and then we see like all the patrons are like, this is the best experience we've ever had. And we love the food. And blah, 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 blah. Man, I'll tell you what, the early seasons of, of Bar Rescue, he would snap off on people, John Taffer. Mm-hmm. In the more recent ones, he's really mellowed out, and it's not him just like berating people and being like, You're a fucking idiot, and da 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 da. Like, which the people needed to hear because they were acting that way. Sure. And it also made for compelling television, but like, right. he's really mellowed out, and it's the formula is very much so the same, which, whatever. He's hit the point of, you know, the tipping point, so he can coast now. But, bro, crazy thing. I didn't know this. He was the, um, Say his background, John Taffer is in the. He's hospita- the BTK killer. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, right. No, no, but he's uh, his background is in hospitality. You know, he was the one that marketed and came up with the NFL Sunday ticket. He sold it to NFL Get Network for like fourteen million dollars. Out of here! Some ridiculous amount of money. Wait, so he just came up with? Oh no, we're just going to offer 
every game ever as long as you're on paying the Sunday premium. ticket. Yeah. Wow, that's so simplistic and genius. And then like to know that it's him and he marketed it. Yeah. Wow, that's funny. That's, yeah, that's so pretty he's interesting. Got, he's legit. Like he's got bank, bro. So. Oh, I. I don't doubt that at yeah. all. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but no, I had no idea. I, I Googled him. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. NFL okay. Sunday ticket. Anyways, far deviation. Yeah. <laughs> Westworld. That's the reason I uh, I don't watch it is just because I know that if I start, I'm going to want to get into it too much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's just and so it, much, it, it is definitely not a show that you can watch, like, casually, like, while it's on in the background. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so visually interesting and, and like they actually shot it like in the American Southwest and stuff like that for the most part you know like 75-80% of it like obviously there's a bunch of like movie magic movie magic but I mean visually it, it's so entertaining and so uh, so gripping just, just just some of the shots are just these beautiful like very classic western style and then you blend in you know this this futuristic technology where they're building androids in the in the matter of like i think they said like 30 minutes or something like that and reprogramming people and certain androids get new superpowers based on what their programming is oh wow yeah yeah it's it's this really it's it's very interesting to watch and sort of see the character development but that being said, again, they, they keep playing around with, well, now we're turning it into this, and now we're turning it into that, and I just sort of need something to, some sort of connective Tissue, thread, yeah, yeah, yeah to, to, to sort yeah. of show me, like, to, to, like, orient me as far as, like, here's where I was, here's what I've seen, here's where I am now, and now I understand how they all tie together. I gotcha. I got you. So you're you're yearning for that part. Yeah, yeah. And after, I, I, I think the first season is, like, 10 or 11 episodes i'm on like episode eight they might it, it, it's about time that, that they started giving me that yeah i brought I, would, I brought it up earlier then i got talking about bar rescue but like of the two or three people i know that have watched the show in it entirely they had said that season one finishes super strong and then again this is just their opinion so you might come back to me like fuck your friends <laughs> and i heard season two kind of fell off and i, I think they're on three now right uh three or four yeah, yeah i think they said that three kind of came back with a little bit better stuff so I hope, I hope it wraps it up for you, man, because I hate when I get into a show and I'm like, that's it? That's your big right. fucking reveal? Like, right, ugh. right, right. Ugh. I invested 10 hours yeah, in this motherfucker. I'll never get that shit back. Yeah. It's a finite resource on the planet. Yeah. Looking forward to Sandman, that being said. Shit. Yeah, I gotta get in that. That just came out. It's getting all Speaking the Speaking of, of stuff I'm gonna have to dedicate time and yeah. effort to, like, yeah. there's no way that I could just, like, go watch Sandman and then be like, no, nah, let me just cruise the internet for a minute and yeah. go watch fail videos. <laughs> That actually might be what you need after that. <laughs> Get your head messed with and then just clean the palate. Yeah. Uh, what else did I see? I uh, recently saw the new Beavis and Butthead do the universe movie. Shout out to our free Paramount Plus <laughs> trial subscription. <laughs> yeah, I watched it with you. It was good. It was good. So can we just talk about how good that movie was and how it just scratched that nostalgia itch? I fucking loved that movie. Yeah. I, uh, me and you both laughed out loud at several points. So, it's uh, it is very much in the '90s toilet humor genre. So, if that holds appeal for you, you're gonna love this. If that's not necessarily your jam, probably don't want that on your toast. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I loved it. I I thought it was a great continuation of 
bringing Beavis and Butthead into the into the new millennium. Uh, you know, last time we saw them was God. Uh, Beavis and Butthead do America came out in like two thousand and maybe two thousand ninety nine. Oh, maybe remember. let me Google that. You keep talking, but I'll, okay. I'll Google that. Uh, but yeah, so long story short, Beavis and Butthead con their way into the space program and get <laughs> shunted through time. And ninety six, by the way. Ninety was it ninety six? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Anyways, keep going. Uh, yeah, so they they are shunted through time and into the modern age, and it's just sort of them picking up right where they left off because they're too stupid to understand the difference. Pretty much. It, it doesn't... Their world around them is so small because... The reason they got into the space program was they caused a fire at school by kicking Beavis in the nuts repeatedly. And then it's like, instead of, the the, the science fair was only going on so they could figure out who whoever won it was going to go to the, the science space camp space at NASA. Camp, yeah. And the judge was just like, okay, well, we could send somebody who's probably going to go to college anyways to this NASA camp. Or we could send these guys and maybe change your life around. And ultimately what it boils down to is there's a hot female astronaut and they make, she says something about them scoring or something like that, which is the basis of about, about every single episode yeah, they, is the request to score. Grossly misinterpret her, her, her very, very innocent questions as far as like, I think she wants to do us, Phoebus. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, uh, it's finally going to happen. It's finally. <laughs> We're going to do it in space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. Um, so the cosmic dance continues. Yes, sir. Do what does he say? The cosmic dance of seduction continues. <laughs> Your little game of seduction continues. That's what he says. <laughs> yeah, dude. And so, uh, yeah, they end up in a wormhole and in today's time, and it's just them trying to score while calamity goes on around them. I loved it. It's You don't need to know any more of the plot details yeah. than that. It's just them going one while the government pursues them because they think they're aliens, and hey, it doesn't matter. But it's just them being dumb for 90 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's them completely failing at every aspect of modern life. Yes. Yes. uh, For better or worse, you know, it's, again, it's, it's, it's almost so one note that the premise wears thin and then it comes right back around and becomes funny again. And then they get out. (laughs) It's, it's almost in the same vein of like jackass, you know what I mean? Like it's very one note. It's the same beat, yeah. same beat over and over and over again. But if you're into it, it's the greatest thing ever because they just hammer the goddamn joke home. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's. I'll say this though, man. It Mike Judge uh, has gotten better at doing Beavis and Butthead, and mm-hmm. I, I don't mean that like mean. It's it's. Uh, he seems so comfortable doing it. Like he's been with these characters for so long. Like what, like thirty years now. You know, gotta be. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, uh, close to 30 years, whatever it is, you know. Well, no, I mean, Beavis and Butthead came out in what? Like, 92, 93, yeah, yeah, maybe? something like that, yeah. I was in kindergarten or first grade. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, close to 30 years. But he's been doing it for that long. And if you go back and watch the original episodes and, like, what he's doing now, it's just, you can tell it's so natural. Oh, yeah. And the whole movie exists to reboot the series, 
on Paramount Plus that they're doing, which which is, which is great, fine, which is yeah, brilliant. That, that's a great marketing strategy. Like if you have a couple million to spend on something that you're gonna invest in anyway, why not? Like you've already got Mike Judge on board, you've already got yeah. the you know all the animators on board. Just be like, all right, cool, we're gonna break off a couple, you know, ten to twenty million and break this in, and let's just do it. Why not? Yeah. No, Andreas, there's actually some good, I mean, obviously, uh, Gary Cole is on there. He was, knows Mike Judge through the connection of, uh, Office Space. He mm-hmm. was, he was Lumberg. Uh, Andrea Savage oh, was that's on. that's right. Yeah. Which, that's a good underrated performance. I think we have a second one, but. Okay. Gary Cole in about everything. Yeah. He's yeah. in Pineapple Express. He's the dad in, uh, Talladega Nights. He's Lumberg that's in Office right. Space. That's right. He does some voice acting. Well, hell, Ricky, I was drunk when I said that. Yeah. I could have said anything. <laughs> you could be first. You could be second. You could be third. Hell, you could be last. <laughs> it's like I based my whole life on that. Yeah. Yeah, he gets kicked out of Applebee's. He rules. Um, but yeah, no, he's in the movie. Andrea Savage is in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, there's just a couple cameos that show up here and there. Um, Nat Faxon, who was the voice of uh, Elfo on Disenchanted. Oh, nice. Disenchantment. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a couple couple people in there, and it's mostly just Mike Judge as Beavis and Butthead going ho, 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 and <laughs> a lot. But, Which, but he's gotten so good at it. Like, it's to the point now where he can do Beavis and Butthead as Beavis and Butthead. Talking to themselves. Yeah, or doing an impression of somebody in their voice. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right, crazy. Right, 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 right. Like, it's it's one thing to do an, like, an, impre- uh, an impression of Sean Connery. It's it's another thing to do an impression of Sean Connery pretending to be like Ginger Rogers or something like that. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. like it's this whole other level of improvisation. Yeah, and he's super comfortable doing it now. Yeah. You can tell. So, but no, I dug it, man. I'm glad the boys are back. I've already watched the first two new episodes. I dug the shit out of them. Um, it's a lot of so, fun, man. So. In, in the new episodes, like, obviously they're not doing music videos anymore because that's not a thing. They still do. They okay. still do music videos. It's a lot of TikToks and... Um, but it's it's TikTok, so now it's more based in, in the millennial age in terms of TikToks and Vines and YouTube videos and, and yeah, stuff like it's, that. Yeah, it's that, but it's also... Uh, there's one where they watch an ASMR video, and it's really, really funny if you haven't seen it. It's all... <laughs> it's really funny. And they still do music videos and stuff, but it's not as not as prevalent. But I mean, there's tons of people that drop music videos on YouTube and stuff to sure. try to come up. Sure. So. But yeah, no, it's uh still really entertaining though. I dig it a lot, man. Yeah. It's it's the, the, the lowest brow of comedy, but it's done so well and especially like for somebody like you and me who have the the like the nostalgia factor of like finally we get to see a new Beavis and Butthead and it's been just long enough to where like I'm not mad that they're rebooting it. No. No. I mean there's so especially nowadays like they were one of the original ones I mean like Talk Soup is what made it popular back in the day when it would just take clips from talk shows and stuff like that and then And then it was Tosh.0, oh, and then that, it was but, Ridiculousness, and then there was a million of the other like, shows like right Talk now. Like, Talk Soup was so avant-garde and so ahead of its time it that, like, I don't think a lot of people understood how to, like, process that, where it was just like, oh, they're just reviewing internet videos? like Or, like, I, The weekend 
of TV. It was like, oh, on yeah. Jerry Springer, this happened. Oh, on this reality show, this happened. Yeah, yeah. It was so ahead of its time. But Beavis and Butthead was, too, in that sense. Of oh, like, for sure. They were sitting sure. there making commentary videos decades before everybody knew what a fucking commentary video was. Right, you right, know? right, right, right. Like, watching Peekaboo from Sue and the Banshees, and they're sitting there making fun of it. It's like, that's exactly what it's in now. Yeah. No, 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 pick up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was a bad Beavis, but either way. Um, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you this one time, butthead. If you change the channel, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, exactly. But, no, I mean, they were doing it decades before, though, man. And so, like, why wouldn't they come back to right? Yeah, it, make it, commentary on shit now in the only way that they can? So it, like, it's almost this perfect respect the crown as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's almost this perfect storm of timing and entertainment being where it is in terms of like the MTV generation just so generated by like we're so enthralled by like what's next, what's next, what's the next thing I got to see, what's the next thing I right. got to see, just consume, 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 consume. And then to take that and move it now into the digital age where everything is consumable. Yep. Like, of course. Like, yeah. like this is this this is this is great time for Beavis and Butthead to do amazing work, and I can't wait to see. I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board. All right, so cool. We've 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 scratched that in. Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I haven't, what's the review of the movie? And just the reboot as a whole. Uh, I'm gonna give it. 16 fires. Fire, 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 fire. Nice. Fire. nice. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't even need to review it. You got it. You got it. Uh, okay, cool. Um, let's see. What else been going on here? Oh, Miss Marvel. I finally finished it, by the way. What'd you think? Okay. Yeah. I've been sitting on this one for a minute. Man, I actually really dug it, man. Yeah. Like, for exactly, like, again, I don't necessarily know if I'm the target audience or not. Sure. But, like, it. I think it's, it was when I last looked. It's the highest uh, reviewed sh- or highest rated show on Rotten Tomatoes, Marvel show. Uh, let me just try that again. One it's the t- highest rated Marvel show on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Which I don't know if I necessarily agree with, but I'm not mad at I'm not like looking at that going like, oh my God, this other show was so much better. It's really consistent. It knows what it is. It's very... For the most part. For the part, most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's a few, there's a few areas where it kind of waffles and wavers but for the most part it, they do have a very clear concise view of of the show that they are trying to make for sure. yeah yeah and i i really bought that um the actress playing God, what's her name the actress playing miss marvel was kamala khan oh yeah yeah oh, like yeah. she was having a blast and she really carries her friend bruno was awesome the bad guys once again was kind of eh but who cares i mean it's they, they, it's still very formulaic Marvel TV show in the fact that they don't really answer a lot of things until mm-hmm. about episode four. Right. But it's so light up to that point that I'm not like, God, oh, man, this is like... It's it not is, like heavy-hitting questions that I need no, to answer No, no, no. It's, it's, it's very John Hughes. It's very yeah, it, it, yeah. it's very much a, a teenager coming-of-age story. Um, and then you add the layers of, like, you know, she's from an immigrant family and she's from a very religious family and there's questions of of her own i don't want to say sexuality but like her understanding like her own maturity does that make sense yeah no i got it she it's coming of age coming of yeah a lot of questions being asked and 
Um, and then you add the, the whole, you know, high school drama of it all in terms of like, all I want to do is just fit in at high school. And yet here I am with these powers. It's, it's, it's very reminiscent of like the early Spider-Man stories, which, which, is, so. which is why I think it works so well and why it's resonating so well with the, the younger market, because it's just taking all the highlights of Peter Parker of, you know, just being like, I just want to get a date to the homecoming dance, but it I got to go fight the vulture or like, oh, I promised Mary Jane I would pick her up for my date by eight o'clock. And yet here Mysterio is at right. 755 robbing a bank. What am I supposed to right. do? She goes to her, her uh, brother's wedding and ruins it because, you know, bad guys show up. Right. And stuff Shenanigans like happen. Right. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, so, yeah, very much so in the same vein, what you were saying. It's like take out Mary Jane for X event, family event. And it's like, right. yeah. The one thing I really liked, and maybe it's because I'm older now, but like, I like how the mom, um, her her mother, uh, Kamala's mother, mm -hmm. like, she's not such a tyrant that you're just like, God, she's just mean for the sake of being mean. She seemed oh, yeah. really well rounded, and like, right. you could really feel that she loves her daughter. And while Kamala is very much so like, well, you're just a mean mom, and you don't let me do anything, and it's just like. She's she's really not some tyrant, and I, I just feel like that trope is so played out in the sense of just like, well, she's just Cinderella yeah. to this cruel mistress of a mom, and her right. mom is actually pretty cool, all things considered. Like, it, you're you're four, you're however old, like you're not running around New York at night going to this, and she doesn't understand, but she's trying to. Um, and even in the end, uh, what really got me at the end was her mom gave her the suit. And her dad gave her the name Miss Marvel, mm -hmm. which I just thought mm -hmm. was wonderful. Like a nice little thing at the end that was just like, oh man, how beautiful. Like it really is a family story. So, And, and that's one of the recurring th themes throughout the entire show is sort of like the things that we inherit from our parents and from like, in a weird way, it's, it's almost about generational trauma. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and about sort of the heritage that is passed down to us and what we do with that. And, and even more than that, it, I, I don't think she necessarily, necessarily addressed wh what to do about that, but just sort of processing it and understanding what it is that makes her who she is. Um, from, you know, again, from the religious aspect, from the immigrant standpoint, from the, now I'm a, now I'm a mutant. So, yeah, it's it's a journey of self-discovery and and learning your place in the world. But it, it tackles it from a very, I don't want to say optim, yeah, optimistic. I'll say optimistic. Yeah, it's, it's very, like I said, it's very John Hughes, very upbeat teenager, like, I can do anything, kind of. But not in a, not in a hokey or, or like cliched kind of way. Like, it definitely earns it. Yeah, it does. It does. And she, she works hard to get there, and it's through her friends and stuff like that. But something I, I completely dug, and it's something about that I miss that comic books do. As you know, like, the X-Men is very much so an allegory to any oppressed group, whether it be gay people or black people back in the day. Mm -hmm. It's kind of just like an analogy for the struggles that they are and the people. But one thing I liked about this is it brought me back to uh, formal comic book glory, is I knew nothing about part, uh, the partition in India. And right, this the, show, the, the separation between yeah. the the Muslim Pakistan and the Hindu, Hindu, Indian. and then you know Bangladesh, what became right. East Pakistan and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I had kind of like 
heard of it. I knew that that's why Pakistan existed. Right. But I was I never really knew what was up. And then like learning about it since then of like, oh, everybody has these terrible partition stories and stuff like that. I I really liked that. I, I got some uh, a meal out of something that I wasn't expecting, and it kind of was like, oh shit, like. And also, whoever the grandmother was, the great grandmother Aisha was, mm-hmm. more of whoever that actress is. <laughs> I was like, gosh, she is beautiful, stunning. So yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I was like, oh my I, gosh, it, it's so weird because a little bit of a spoiler here, but there's there's a the episode where Kamala time travels back to partition days. And saves her own grandmother from getting left behind in India. It's this whole like time travel, tiny whiny, wibbly wobbly stuff. Um, <laughs> tiny wobbly, wibbly wobbly. Yeah, cut up yeah. in the dictionary. But I actually really enjoyed that episode more than I did most of the other like sort of teenager cw driven shows or or episodes um because to me that one really tackled something very real and and very prominent in the main character's history and sort of like again i you know it talks about you know bring that generational trauma down of 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 it's it's all the stories that you grew up hearing about you know from your mom about your grandmother about your great-grandmother about what you know what life was like before the event, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, so it, it's one of my favorite episodes, and it's sort of it's so dissonant from anything else that happens in the entire show. It's the love story of his of her great grandmother and great uh, great grandfather. Yes. And it was it yeah. was really yeah. Well, it's a really good love story. Right. Like, it just is. Right. So about you know she is not of this earth, and he is also and it's an and it's an analogy because she was a migrant coming through his village and it's like they're supposed to be burning these you know homes down and stuff like this and so it's also like i can love you not just through your religious differences or or whatever your village's thing is but also like you're not of this earth right and so i can love you through that too and it's, yes. it's kind of beautiful yeah. when you think about it that yeah. way because and it, it did the thing where where it wrapped the you know, if this is a dog analogy, it, it wrapped whatever the medicine was in cheese yes. and fed it to yes. me. And I was yes. like, oh shit, that's right, right. well done. Yeah, I, did not, very... I did not expect that out of what the show had been this far, which was still entertaining, but again, very but it, but again, it was, it, it, was very, it was very much a high school teen drama. Yeah. And sort of that episode brings in this whole other aspect that I thought was really great. Yeah. Not to say that the rest of the series isn't good, but that particular episode really stood out yeah, to me. Yeah, really good and, episode. And really, really stood Marvel out. Marvel TV. Some of the, the... If I had to naysay it at all, I think it it falls into the into the horrible Marvel trope of the villains are just absolutely forgettable. And yeah, they were done by episode very, four. very wishy-washy in their, in their wants and needs and drives. The, the villains only seem to be driven by whatever the opposite of what Kamala wants. Yeah. Yeah. And then it pivots on the last two episodes and it becomes this whole uh, other damage thing. control. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, Oh, okay. Right. Which it, I, I do appreciate the fact they did touch on it really well where like damage control goes into a mosque and like everyone already has their IDs ready. And by the way, damage control is sort of the government institution that deals with superheroes and cleaning and, up and, and, and yeah, yeah. So if Hulk and Thor get into a fight in the middle of downtown Man- Manhattan, 
damage control is the people that come and clear it up and and investigate the whys and wherefores as to like well why did they fight yeah yeah and so yeah that's the government agency that ends up pursuing them by episode and it kind of pivots and it's and it's fine but it's just kind of like again we had four episodes of this and then we have that event where it shows the love story and then it goes back to damage control and I'm like I don't really care at this point but. and at that point the 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 main protagonist had already dealt with like interdimensional beings who yeah. are trying to yeah. change you know build a bridge between our world and theirs that may or may not blow up the entire yeah. world and then you go to like evil government agency and it's like alright that was sort of a downgrade from a little where bit. we just were the only thing is is because they're viewing it through a, a Pakistani like a Muslim American I like the fact that damage control you know it showed kind of a day in the life of, of somebody being of of that uh, complexion. Like, hey, right. they come into the mosque and everyone's like, they already got their IDs ready. Right. And they're like, right. they offer them cookies. They're like, look, right. man, like... We've done this before. Right. Yeah, like, like we're, we're used to government agencies coming in and being like, all right, everybody show ID. And they're just like, we got it. We yeah, keep them in our like, pockets. We're right here. You yeah. guys want some muffins? We got muffins. Yeah, and it's just kind of... I, I liked that the fact that they made... They could have taken it in like a really shitty tone, but it just sure, kind of shows... Sure on a lot of little ways that kind of paint a much larger picture throughout the show. It's an underlying theme of like, hey, we have a, a superhero running around. Are you oppressing her because she's just a new superhero or it's because a new one that happens to be... Little Muslim. brown skin. Yeah, or, yeah, Muslim or brown right. Yeah, and it's kind of like, eh, who knows? So, right, right, right. I, I dug the show on a whole. I think we've, we've talked about that, but I would give it um, three power cosmics. Three power cosmics, okay. Out of about... Nah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good thing, though. That's a, that's a positive review, trust me. Good. Um, so, yeah, the other thing uh, we watched... Well, Michael was kind of in and out on it. I've been on a really weird, like, cult kick recently. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by it. Like, I watched the one about Nexium a few months ago. I watched Wild Wild Country about um, the Raj... Uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> Wild, the, the one that was out in Oregon... Um, and I watched a couple of them. And I watched them. Those were the guys that uh, tried to like give an entire town like salmonella poisoning at a, yeah. at a Arby's or something like yeah. that, or, yeah. or some sort of like country buffet. Yeah, the country kitchen buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Always the country kitchen. It's the heartbeat of every small community, Michael. Don't you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I need to get my chicken fried steak. Yeah, exactly. No, but uh, so I've been on a kick, and I watched one. It's called The Way Down: uh, God, Greed, and the Cult of Gwen Shamblin. I, I watched a little bit of that with you. Bro, yeah. it's wild shit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so infatuated with it. I think because, like, when I watch these cult stuff, it's most of the people that are, like, survivors or victims of, of whatever the cult ship was and the people that have gotten out, they're not unintelligent people. I mean, some of them may or may not be, but, like, on the whole, they're not some big dummy that's, like, they're sharp people and they just, you slowly get indoctrinated to this bizarre-ass way of thinking mm-hmm. and this bizarre way of acceptance. And before you know it, you're like, what the hell is going on? And how the hell did I get here? Yeah. And it's 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 crazy, man. So That's that, that's what they say about cults, is like you never realize you're in one until it's way too late. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're like, wait a minute. The minister's fucking my wife, and I'm $150,000 in debt. I'm living on a compound in a, in a tent. Yeah, I have a brand on me. Like, <laughs> right. Like, what right. the fuck happened here? <laughs> 
How did this happen? It's crazy what happens in, when the human basic need for, you know, it's in the hierarchy of needs of like social acceptance and finding oh, yeah. like-minded people. And then you have somebody charismatic enough to change what your like-mindedness is into and right. give you Oh, reasons. no, this is what we're into now. And you're like, yeah, this yeah, is what we're into. And they back it up with yeah. Yeah, powerful thoughts and actions. And you're like, oh, shit, like I'm all on board. I never thought of it that way. It's crazy, man. Yeah. But um, ultimately, the human, the human need for acceptance is astonishing. Almost to almost to a detrimental style. Like like everybody just wants to be like, I'm part of this group, right? I'm part of this group, right? I mean, you can see it nowadays. It's like people they want to belong to something so yeah. much that it, just being a person or being a this, they have to get to like these categories and subcategories and. You know, without, I'm not like ripping on anybody or anything, but it's like the fact that like, you know, it used to just be LGBT, you know, and then it's LGBTQI and it's like, it just, and not saying there's anything wrong with any one of those additional letters. I'm just saying it, it expands to have either more inclusion or more specificity. And, and it's not just in that community. It's like everyone. It's like, well, no, I'm, I'm a. I'm a this and a that. And I'm a an this, albino, this. dyslexic, Eskimo, yeah, demisexual. Like, wait, what? That's a lot of yeah. Sexual communities do it too. Yeah, it's yeah, like this, I'm a furry, a... but I'm not into furry sex. I'm into furry companionship. So I'm a this, and it's like, oh, right. okay. I mean, it's all this category right, of furry, right. but it's like, and so when you when you do that, I like to bring it back to like the cult thing. It's just like they just start dividing themselves. Well, and they can excuse like exclude people because well now we're on this tip and they're not on that tip so they can go do their own thing Mm -hmm. and that's how it got started in the first place this chick Gwen Shamblin she was part of a church and then they pretty much I mean it's all Christianity Baptist based sure but um her it was the remnant church and they they broke off because they believe that once again that they are the only right way and it's all like flogging yourself it's a lot of a lot of punishment and stuff like that like like just self-punishment. It really actually started as a weight kick, like a, a weight thing. It was called the weigh down. And it was um, ultimately, she was she would believe that like, this woman Gwen Shamlin was raised Southern. And so when her mom would make food, it was like, well, you clean your plate and you eat everything on it and you'd be grateful for mm-hmm, that. And mm-hmm. it kind of, I don't know if it just gave her like body images or stuff like that. And she believed that the desire for the food was like sinful, like it's gluttonous and it's this and that and the right, third. Right. And so it was ultimately, which kind of scared me a little bit, was a little bit of replacement therapy because AA kind of does that too. And anybody that doesn't know, hey, there's my anonymity. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Shh, you're not supposed to tell people, fool. Yeah, whatever, whatever. But um, I'm not going to get into it too much. But it was uh, this replacement thing where it's like whenever you feel the need for food, you ask God to remove that need and then you won't be hungry. And so people got into it because it was like, they could see the results and like, man, I don't sure. feel hungry. I don't this, I don't right. that. And like they started being happier. And then once again, she got this power and she broke off into her own church. And then it just went off the fucking rails. And it was like people beating their kids to death and that women are supposed to be subservient and kids are like supposed to honor. You can't you can't honor Jesus unless you honor authority figures and you have to honor That's your father, mother. Shit, yeah. yeah. Or it wasn't even Jesus, it was God. And, like, part of it was she became so, like, blasphemous to other religions just within Christianity or subsects because she got rid of the Trinity. It was, like, no Holy Spirit, no Jesus, just God. And right. it's, like, it's kind of like the basis of Christianity. <laughs> right, right. So. I mean, one and the same, right? Like yeah. Father, but, Son, and the Holy Spirit, yeah? No? So, yeah, so she was 
doing all this crazy stuff. And it's like, to the point of like this one person came up and was like, oh my God, I have cancer. And she's like, well, God, you must be doing something wrong in your life for God to give you cancer. So let's pray on that. And it's like, what the fuck? That's fucked up. The good news is, is all the heads of the church, they all died in a plane crash. Hey! So she must have been doing something wrong, according to You know to what? Everything. I'm convinced. God does exist. He does want justice in this world. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's fascinating, man. Like, all that stuff, to me, is just not even, like... Because, again, most of the people that are, that get out or whatever, like the people in Nexium yeah, that yeah, did yeah. all that, and, like, a lot of people that escaped the Heaven's Gate, and, like, even, you know, the dude in Waco, um, David, whatever. David Koresh. Yeah. yeah. The people that get out, they're like, they're smart people. They're, they might oh, yeah. be gullible or they might be learning. They they take whatever they're yearning for and they morph it into something that just happens right before their very sure. eyes without their permission. And then they're so indoctrinated into it that they think it's normal. I, I mean, it's I would argue shit, I would I would argue that that's probably the basis of every religion, just yeah, I mean, on, on a fundamental level. It's a fair argument. But but without getting into it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair argument. But what what really what really kind of blows my mind is the people who don't realize that they're in it until it's like, oh no, here's your Kool-Aid. Go ahead and drink up. And yeah. they're like, wait, what the fuck now? Like, like, or, or, you know, like David Koresh all of a sudden is like, and no one else can be married but me and no one else can procreate but me. So if you guys want to have kids, I have to fuck your wife. And like, can you imagine dedicating your entire life and like living on this dude's compound for years at a time? And then all of a sudden he's like, by the way, your wife is my wife, and you're like, wait a minute, what happened now? Yeah, what wait. the fuck? What? Like, yeah. can we can we back out of this? Like, oh no, you're in this. This is this is what's happening. By the yeah. way, the ATF is knocking down our door, and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. I I need to call a quick timeout. <laughs> yeah, too, late. too late, man. <laughs> or like, you know, the the what is it? The Raelians and the fucking Hailbop comet, where they're like. Oh, we we need you to really invest in some Nike shoes, like by next Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sort of. Let's try to under the table Unix stuff, and it's like, oh, that didn't work out well. Like, for real, like. So you're telling me I gave up all of this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not a spaceship on that comet. This is some bullshit, man. Yeah. Dude, no, it's it's so interesting, man. And like I said, this woman, like. There was a story of like uh, this one poor kid was beaten to death by his parents because that yeah. was so. Michael, yeah. you watched some of that with me. I I had to sort of break away from that one because yeah. like, it's one thing if you want to fuck up your life, but once you start yeah. fucking up your kid's life based on some ancient text or a message from God or whatever the fuck you want to call because it, because Shamblin says that that's the way to that's, do it. Like, that's get the fuck that's out where of I start having issues. Yeah. yeah, shit is crazy though, man. But. Uh, so I watched that. Um, that was fascinating. And then I was still on that kick, and I watched something called Bad Vegan. And it's about this woman named Sarma Mel- Melnaganis. Melnaganis? Melganis. M-E-L-N-G. Melganis. Okay. <laughs> Either way. I love that you gave up on the spelling. Yeah, right whatever. M-E-L-N-G-A-L-I-S. Melngalis. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyways. So Bad Vegan is about this woman, Sarma, let's just call her. And uh, she she ran this this restaurant in New York. She opened it up with the chef that the chef was like world renowned, and she went to culinary school herself. And it was a raw vegan restaurant, mm-hmm. and it was like the talk of the town in New York. And it was like all these big name celebrities came in, like Owen Wilson was hanging out, Alec Baldwin was hanging out, and everybody loved Sarma, and this and that and the third. Right. 
and the original chef and her kind of got into this spat and we're kind of like, hey, I see us going different ways. So she said, okay, why don't I buy you out of the restaurant? So she did. And lo and behold, enters this guy that she met online, this dude. He called himself Shane, Shane Fox. Turns out was not his name whatsoever. Oh, Shane Fox was not his real name? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Or Shane, yeah, Mr. Fox. Um, Spelled with four X's. Exactly, exactly. And so she met this guy, and his name was Anthony uh, Strangis. And this guy took her on a freaking ride, man. Like, and he was always into some super, like, she thought that he was, he would talk to all this shit, like he was, like, black ops, and all this stuff, and retired, oh, like, super secret. Yeah, and was taking all these mysterious things, and would, like, get money, and then, like, kind of floss in front of her for a minute, and he's like, you know, this chick's arm is like, well, what's going on here? And he ended up painting this whole web of lies about, like, there's this family that's overlooking everything, and they're the one that's in control, and that they they have all the power. Really? And yeah, and that she was gonna, she at some point... Like, had, a, like a Rothschilds kind of thing, or in terms of... Kind like, of, okay. yeah. Yeah, and the family's overlooking everything, and that they're gonna put her through all these tests, but they're gonna reward her infinitely in the end, whatever money and everything that she might... And she had this dog that she loved named Leon, and they promised the dog immortality... And stuff like that. Okay, stop. Oh, it got it gets wild. At that bro. point, you're not sitting there going, being like, "I'm sorry, the dog gets immortality, but I gotta die at 95." So no, she did too, what? apparently. Okay. Yeah. No, it's. And I'm I, just saying, like, at some point when you start offering the dog immortality, I have questions. No, I do too. <laughs> and then I saw the dog, and it was adorable. It reminded me of Angie and I's dog, Pup Pup, and I was like, <laughs> I might do some wild shit. <laughs> But the point, like... I'm going to live forever. Yeah. I, I live forever. I get in the car and I live forever. I live forever. Um, but yeah, no, so... And so he was doing all the super secretive shit. And uh, where it goes wrong is that he was promising her, like, I'm going to put you through all these tests. And then in the end, you're going to be rewarded more than you could ever imagine in this mm. life and all this. And it turns out he was just a degenerate gambler. And he was like... <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. And he was, like, asking her to wire her money all, like her to wire him money all the time and would just like psychologically just break this poor woman down. Wow. And it was, and again, I'm, I'm fast forwarding the story because it wasn't just like, Hey, this is the pitch day one. It was this slow indoctrination to this bullshit. And, um, ended up, she, she, this guy, this Anthony Shane Fox, whatever the fuck you want to call him, ended up like kind of just working his way into the restaurant, ended up like taking the payroll from the employees and then, oh, like, shit. flew her out to Rome on her own dollar and then was like, the family's watching you, this and that and the third. We need you to behave, and then you're going to come back, and this and that and the third. And he had pretty much usurped the restaurant and, the like, gotten all the employees' files and shit like that. Oh, shit, So this dude. guy was just conning everyone all the time. And everyone at the restaurant that they interviewed in this in this documentary was like, nobody trusted this guy from the word jump. But right. We all just kind of tolerated him because we we're like, okay, like maybe he has money, maybe he doesn't. I don't know what's up with this dude. And like he he kept the game just in the air enough to where you could never really yeah. sort of decide where it was going to land. Yeah, and so he was slowly just like hitting her up for money, and then be like, I need you to go out and get money from more investors for me. And then every time she would start to be like, what about the payroll? What about this? And she's like. This guy, Anthony, would sit there and be like, oh, you're worried about money now? I told you in the end, you're going to be, you're worried about it now. This is the test. This is the test. 
And would just so ended up hitting her up for like 1.6, 1.7 million dollars. Holy shit! Yeah, she uh, ends up getting the restaurant closed down because the the employees walked out and were like, "You don't fucking pay us." She gets told by this Anthony guy like, "You need to get these investors." Yeah, you need to get these investors to um, to give you more money. She ends up raising like eight hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars in like record time. Pays her employees back all the wages. They reopen the restaurant. And when it comes down, they start making money again. And when it comes to giving the investors some of their money back, they ended up, Shane ends up taking the money with her and they just go on the land. Holy fuck, dude. And it's crazy. They ended up catching him in Tennessee because she ordered a pizza for his, and he got fatter and fatter and fatter this whole time. <laughs> he was talking about having to, how this was a test too from the family and then he just to shed his mortal husk at some point. Wait. And he was just being a fat fuck eating Domino's. I have to shed my mortal husk. Yeah. You have to bring me another pizza. Yeah. Make sure it's with the stuffed crust. With the stuffed crust. With extra pepperonis and hams. No olives. <laughs> God forbid you bring me olives. The family will be very, very mad at you. Yeah. I need no olives. Yeah. Dude. I gotta be honest with you. This sounds like a really cool guy. It sounds like he has stuff all figured out. Slick stuff. Neat stuff. <laughs> cool stuff. <laughs> No, but it was this it, dude might be my hero. <laughs> and he had he had also swindled. They were interviewing this Russian dude, and because he kind of kept everyone in the dark about everything, so and really it was just him being trying to live a lifestyle that he thought he deserved. I mean, whatever. He's a me too. Artist, me yeah. too, bro. <laughs> so he had he had talked I'm trying to live like a rock star on a welfare budget, yeah, balling on a budget, big dog. <laughs> but um, no, and so he had talked to this Russian guy, and he had told him like, hey, well, if you give me like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, you can invest in the restaurant with with Sarma and you can be a part-time owner and this and that and third guys like, dude, I kind of want to get out of whatever it is I'm doing. They didn't really explain, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'd love to go into the restaurant business. And so gives them a hundred thousand dollars. That money's never seen again. Like right. this dude overall ended up like between dodging taxes and this and that and the third getting like away with like 6 million in, di- in some change and has nothing Holy to show shit. for it. Not, like was just a degenerate gambler was steady, like staying at, and he was well known at the tables because he would get money and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You show up with half a million dollars at the poker and table, they tend, to on comp- nothing. Yeah, yeah. they tend to comp you for he stuff. He has nothing to show yeah. for it, though. And, like, this poor Sarma girl, like, when the Russian dude figured out, he's like, wait, this is on her dime. Like, they kind of became friends and started to get kind of to the bottom of it. Of Like, what the fuck is going on here? Wow. So, it's a, again, I say all that in the same way of, like, the cult stuff is that, like, maybe she looked at this thing when she bought her first cook out of that restaurant. And like had this this two million dollar of like that she bought the original guy who owned the restaurant with her out with. Maybe she saw this Shane Fox guy as like, hey, maybe this could be my way out of this too. And so sure. was she did he just beat her to the punch or what? And like before she knew it, she was fucked though, man. And it's just fascinating that these crimes and like these cult things like that, because again, the people's want for love and like oh recognition to belonging and, and all yeah, this yeah. and like what I'll do for my future and what I do right. for this beloved dog. Well, if I just he's drop, my little man and if everything. If I just drop $5,000 now, I could make $5 million by the end of the year. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't take a whole lot of convincing to get to that point, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you get somebody with, you know, the silver tongue and, like, a slick sale. Yeah, I could totally see, you know... Hopefully, I, I'd like to think that I'm smart enough not to fall for that, but... Maybe. I mean, she, I, I've I've definitely fallen for way dumber shit in my life. You know. Yeah, I've been taken for many rides in my life. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Partners, yeah. I've lied to myself about some really dumb shit too. <laughs> sure, sure. It's been really but, real. 
but again, there's there's the the it's it's the the defamation of the American dream. Like, oh, if I just put this much into it, I'm gonna get so, so much, much more, more out yeah. of it. Yeah, and again, I gave you the abridged version. It was just this like, but this slow just wind into absolute madness, and then they go on the lamb at the very end, and she ends up doing some time in prison, and he he did like a year. He only did like a year and some change because nobody, fucked. only because nobody would pay his bail. And by the time court came, it was just like, all right, well, time served. That's but, fucked. And he got probation and shit, and she did too. But this poor woman was like fucked, man. And like, it was tough though. But it's just so interesting to watch how people get taken for stuff because they of their desires and they're like, and before you know it, you're in so in over your head, and it's this slowly when you hear a lie. And that lie sounds so ridiculous, but then you get so used to hearing how ridiculous it is because they up the ante. So the next lie you hear is so big that you forget how ridiculous the first one was in the first place. And you're like, oh, well, this is the new standard of bullshit. Hang on. And so it's this slow decline of just bullshit and bullshit and bullshit. Well, if she bought into this, then she'll definitely buy into that. And if she bought into that, then I can tell her X, Y, Z. And once I tell her X, Y, Z, I can tell her anything right it's like right. do you believe there's an elephant behind you well of course not and you hear it enough you're like well maybe there is an elephant behind oh, you. no no you get and then you go but you you make them believe that there's an elephant behind you not only is there an elephant behind you but there's a pink elephant behind you and you're like okay well the the elephant maybe but not the pink part sure sure and then it's like well, now there's a pink elephant with wings and you're like okay maybe it's a pink elephant and, and not but... only is there a pink elephant with wings behind you but if you give me a hundred dollars right now I can make sure that that elephant doesn't bother you yeah <laughs> and then you're going like well I guess there's a pink elephant behind me right. so maybe a hundred I mean it's only a hundred bucks right like that's yeah. worth it to make sure I'm not gonna get bugged by a pink elephant with wings sure no nah, this dude was yelling at her about like if I ask you for a wire for a hundred thousand dollars tomorrow are you gonna send it are you gonna send it she ended up sending it I mean it's crazy bro sounds like a really cool dude in my book and he would give her like a <laughs> little bit back he'd be like here's 10k here's this here's that oh of course of course little bit little bit because if you're getting a hundred thousand or you know ninety thousand or whatever it is yeah here's five grand here's three grand here's seven grand here's 500 bucks to go shopping for the day yep. whatever like whatever yeah of course ended up hitting her mom up too because he was like well Sarma's in a really bad place and She's too proudful or too proud too proud to ask you for the money. So just send it to me and I'll make sure that she gets it to her. So cause she's too proud to ask. And I ended up hitting the mom up for like like hundred and sixty thousand dollars or whatever it was. Dude, like that is some pimp shit. And I don't mean that in the good way. I mean yeah. like in a literal pimp yeah. sense, like ruin people's lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is Anywho's. So uh, yeah, so I've been on that kick for a while. I'm, <laughs> I'm off it. I got this itch, itch a scratch, but again, I'm fascinated by stuff like that and just good cons. Um, all right. Uh, you want to take a real quick break and hear from our sponsors? Yeah. Who's our sponsor? Uh, I'm going to go with water. 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 I'm with you. And thank you for our sponsor, water. Covers like 70% of the earth. Mad respect. Water. Everyone seems to know the recipe. No one can seem to fucking make it. <laughs> Anyways. It's sponsor. like grits. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, Michael, I bring all this up. I gotta be real with you about something. And I'm not gonna turn the podcast into this because you'll hate me. Be real, son. Be really real, son? Be real, son. Try to kill my father. <laughs> um, so, for those who don't know, I am a giant sports fan. 
Um, and football season is ramping up. And I'm not, because I know some people are going to turn the shit off right now. <laughs> but man, I'm so excited. And I, my Sundays are going to be consumed and my Saturdays. I'm a giant college football fan. Go Florida State. I'm a giant uh, NFL fan. I love the fan. I love the Eagles. Been a big fan my whole life since uh, Randall Cunningham, even though I'm from Tallahassee. So I'm like, well, that's weird, man. Like, I, I'm, her- one, I'm one of the few crossovers, though, man. Like, I'm a... I'm a geek in a lot of sense, but by the traditional ways of, uh, I like Dungeons and Dragons and comic books and movies and, sure, sure. And, you know, wizards and wardrobes and whatever else you want to call it. <laughs> but, um, I'm also a sports buff, which my question to you is, is why does sports and a lot of other things get not called a geek or a nerd when it's exactly what it is? Like I've made the argument a few times that like, if you get 15 car and car magazines, they call you a gearhead, but like you're a fucking dork. Sure. You know, sure. if you get a bunch of gun nut magazines, you get 15 of those a month and you're cutting out the pictures in this, like you're a fucking dork. Please calm down and no need for all that. But you know, for other reasons, for safety reasons, but like you're, you're a dork, man. Like sure. you're an enthusiast with yeah. other things. Right. You're like, right, Oh, right, I'm a right. sports head, but like you're a fucking dork. You know, like if you play fantasy football, you're a fucking dork, dude. And I play fantasy football. <laughs> it is. There, there's a weird, like, on the Venn diagram of sports fanatics and uh, fantasy fans. There, the, the, the Venn diagram overlaps at D&D and uh, fantasy football. Because all it is is just keeping track of stats. Yeah. But it just depends on what your geek is. But, like, it's, it's the, the thinnest of overlaps. But it's there. You know, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of that has to do with. There's always been the dichotomy or the the separation between like, the geeks and the jocks or the the sportos and the nerds. Right, right. And. I think we're starting to see a little bit more overlap with that in terms of, the things that nerds all thought were so important and 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 drove their lives are now becoming the pop culture and so just by 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 the very nature of its existence you they can't help but involve everyone right and so i think i think a lot of it has been uh choreographed or or predetermined or or set up just just in terms of well we have the nerds and the jocks but i think that as true as that may have been one time it's not necessarily what holds true today well i mean the geeks definitely won the war and the fact of all of the major profitable things are all geek culture like oh, it's sure. all, like it's it permeated through the highest fabrics of society like the marvel cinematic universe kevin feige is the most financially successful producer yes. of all time yeah. like just look it up there's your numbers like right. We've won. Like, all the shit... Like, video games are mainstream now. Video games, when I was in high school, used to be about a $6 billion a year industry. It's significantly grown. Not only in the sense of, like... That's just not video game sales, but when they talk about the industry, meaning, like, podcasts based on video games, Twitch stream revenues, stuff like that, is all based on Movies video games. Movies based on video games. Yeah, right? it's the... The, the IP, yeah, as they say. Video yeah. game, the, yeah, it, it's a multi... Way more than $6 billion. In high school, it was about 6.6, and that was like video game sales, controller sales, the magazines, stuff like that. Now, just with the internet, Twitch streams, it's 
Sure, and now you now, now you start of, like it's it's crazy how much now you start integrating like the esports leagues. Oh, yeah. where where that are just every year they're gaining more and more revenue and, and more and more popularity in terms of like their viewability and people who subscribe to the channel or or tune into the the, the Twitch events. You know, yeah, at at a, at a premium a, a premium event. You know, like everyone yeah. knows what Evo thirty seven is now. It's right, Dago like Dago right. Perry or whatever, and it's like. That was niche, like niche back in the right, day. It was right. like nobody knew what that shit was. Nobody knew what a parry was in Street Fighter Three Third Strike. Like <laughs> now, it's like uh, there's tens of millions of views on that. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. But no, I, I say all that. It's just funny because like I'm a diehard sports fan. I, I love it, and I, I've always kind of accepted that that's what it is too. Like people be like, I don't do Dungeons and Dragons and all that cosplay and stuff. But then every Sunday they put on face paint. Right, you know, right. in a Viking helmet and a jersey that has somebody else's name on the right, back. Right, right. Or they, they paint their face green and put on a giant cheese wedge hat. Yeah, or, and you go or, to a stadium filled with other you know, fucking the, the, dorks. It's right. Like, the, it's the, the same the, shit, my the, dude. The, the, the Florida State guys, the, the garnet and gold boys who paint their body in like garnet and gold glitter and wear like yeah. Speedos or, or whatever have you, you know, whatever you're. you're, you're local sports enthusiast, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. the same shit, yeah. dude. It's no different than it's dressing cosplay. up like Cyclops or Rogue. Same or, shit, my guy. Or Metal, you know, Solid Snake or, or whatever, you know. Yeah, and I just love it in the sense of, like, I'm, I'm one of the... Our buddy Glenn is the same way. Glenn's a huge sports nut, and he's, yeah. a, he's a member of the that we play uh, D&D with. Shout out to the homie. Shout out to Glenn. But he'll talk, like, Detroit sports. I'm like, what the fuck? He'll <laughs> <laughs> start talking about the Detroit Pistons, like, 1989 team and stuff. I'm like, I, I love this shit, man. Like, I'm <laughs> it's weird that it's an overlap that some people can recognize and some people can't. But um, I say all that to, one, if you're out there and you're, you're an enthusiast about something, Put that shit on the table. Embrace your inner geek. Of course. It's all love, man. Of course, it's of all course. love. It may not be my particular flavor of Kool-Aid, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a good flavor of Kool-Aid. Yeah, like, it doesn't have to be a genre. I, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not a huge sports ball fanatic. I know just enough to sort of make basic conversations and, and keep up in a social setting, but I ultimately don't give a fuck. But, but if you talk to me about pro wrestling or, See? or, or you know... The latest run of Fantastic Four, like you catch me on on whatever, I'm gonna talk your ear off, and we can talk for hours about it with with no you know no Breaking concern action, about yeah. yeah 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 no it's it's just crazy man so let your geek flag fly it's but uh I agree in in all forms yeah, yeah. whatever it is as long as it doesn't hurt no anybody you know yeah like. If your freak flag is like, I really want to wear people's heads as hats and like, yeah, I have maybe. a necklace of clitorises that I keep, like, <laughs> probably don't let that one fly. Just, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe I would seek therapy. Yeah, therapy Just, first. you know, see how it shades out. Yeah. Play that one by ear a little bit. Maybe circle back to that after heavy medication and some... Unless you're going to be really good at it, in which case... Then we get Swing. a documentary out of it in 10 years, in which case, go for it. Full, full cycle, you'll be back on the podcast. <laughs> um, anyway. You'll be back on the podcast. <laughs> uh, anyways. So, with that was all a great that, joke. I love that. I'm glad you appreciated it, my guy. I'm glad you appreciated it. Um, so, with all that being said, I don't want to make a whole segment out of this. When it comes to this crossover, this giant Venn, this giant Venn diagram that we have, what are some of your favorite sports movies? Because there's a bunch of good ones. Like, I'm a diehard Eagles fan. Never seen Invincible. I get the gist. I know the actual sure, story. Sure. Like, we're good. 
But I do. I should probably watch it one day. But basically, Marky Mark tries I, out for the Eagles. And I, I know the barely story. makes it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he becomes. The, I know the actual story of the actual guy. <laughs> it's whatever. But I'm gonna watch the movie maybe this week to hype uh, myself up for it. Let me think. Sports movie again. I, I have to think about this because it's not usually the genre that I gravitate towards. So I got to think about this one. Give, give, give me one of yours, and then. It'll, it'll, maybe it'll like jumpstart my my thinking process. I think there's one that's the best of all time in my opinion, but I'll, I'll save that one. Um, I think The Replacements with Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman is a really good sports movie. Okay, yeah. Um, the Waterboy is pretty high up there too. It's a good sports movie. I mean, it, in the sense of it's all about a kid playing football who's not supposed to be playing football. Sure. It's a good sports playing movie. Playing that foosball. Yeah, I think The Replacements is a good one. Um, but we started getting the classics. I think the Mighty Ducks is a oh, fucking great sports movie. Knuckle puck time. Is an underrated performance of the week. Oh, Keenan Thompson? Well, yeah, we gave one out earlier. But we can give out a second one. Yeah, he totally... I mean, he's the longest reigning SNL cast, member, yeah, yeah. SNL cast member. Yeah, like that's totally worth something. And he did Good, Bu- Good Burger and... Um, he was a kid. All that. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like th- this dude is has. Yes, he was the knuckle puck kid, by the way. Anywho, but yeah, he was Mighty Ducks. It's knuckle puck time. They disguised him as the goalie to get him the ball, the puck, and he knuckle pucked it. God damn it! You're right. I totally forgot yeah. about that scene. You're right. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that movie fucking rules, bro. Wow. It's a great sports movie. Yeah, yeah. Keenan Thompson deserves underrated, underrated throws of the, of the week. Statues, yeah, sir. for sure. That's it. Yeah, give him all the statues. Yeah. Yeah, Mighty Ducks is a really good one. I would cast him as Mace Windu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did. Anyways, but uh, yeah, those are a couple ones that I like. Um, I think those are good ones. Uh, Mighty, uh, just to expand on the I mean, Mighty Ducks. Of course we have to talk about Rocky. Yeah, he's the greatest. I mean, as a Philadelphia fan, got to talk about some Rocky. <laughs> Um, Although not as good as Rocky Three, Michael, you've been scratching to talk about Rocky Three for some time now. You have three minutes. You just go right ahead. I just want to say that I do not respect Rocky Balboa as champion because Rocky Balboa has not faced me for the championship. No, I do not respect Rocky Balboa as champion. Hey, woman, come get with a real man, woman. So you got about two more minutes to talk about and why then, you actually like the movie, or you just want to do quotes. Because either way, I'm cool. I just want you to know that this is your platform. I mean. To me, Rocky Balboa versus Clubber Lang is the perfect clash because once we left Rocky Balboa, he had been coasting on all these really easy wins and and yes, he was the champion, but none of them were really a challenge. And then here comes this underdog, underground fighter who has scrapped and bitten for every ounce of respect he's ever earned. And just completely fucks up Rocky Balboa's world. I mean, turns it upside down, inside out. Played by Mr. T, who, by the way, usually plays the hero in the A-Team and anything else, but is a consummate villain in this. I mean, you hate him. You can't wait to see Rocky Balboa beat his ass. And then what happens? Clubber Clubber Lang... Breaks Rocky Balboa in half. Bane versus Batman style. Just completely annihilates him. And then not only that, 
it's so traumatizing, it kills Mick. <laughs> like, it killed Burgess Meredith. <laughs> he was so distraught from this match, he had a heart attack and died. Or a stroke and died, whatever, doesn't matter. Point is... He's like, Rock... I know you're going to go broke. I can't go out there and spend you any more, more, more of your money there, Rock. <laughs> oh, God bless Mickey. Yeah. I mean, look, I gave you the platform. It's I know I'm you want saying, to talk about I'm it. I'm just saying. I, I, the, the Rocky franchise is an incredible sports franchise, like unquestionably. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. I keep going back to Disney movies. I'm like, oh, Cool Runnings is a good one, too. Which is, it is a good Also, yes, movie. Cool Runnings. But like all that shit. Sanka, you dead? Yeah. No, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Feel the rhythm. Feel yeah, the rhyme. Yeah, there you go. Get ready to go. It's bobsled time. time. Good runnings. Yeah, it's, this, it's just... It incorporates the spirit of competition. Like, Mighty Ducks is very much so Bad News Bears, and I'm sure Bad News yes. Bears, some people would say, is a better movie. It, and it's the, more of the original, but Mighty Ducks was just reframed for my generation. Sure. Same yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Misfit people coming together, common cause, and it's... You overcome adversity, and there's personal stakes, and you're fighting for something as a team, and it it really incorporates like the the team spirit, um, where Rocky is like personal, uh, whatever drama and setbacks. It's like kind of like how the Flash solves all of his problems by running really fast. Right, right. You just gotta punch harder, Rock. Yeah, you just gotta punch harder, Rock. And you know the whole just stand out. up. It's not about how hard you get hit. It's about how, right. you know, whatever. But there is something to be said for in terms of it, it's a man who comes from nothing and just by sheer tenacity and force of will makes his fortune. So it, it's it's almost sort of the American, American dream. dream. Yeah. yeah. You ever seen Creed? I did see Creed. Bro. I, 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 th- I don't know that it's better than the original Rocky. Then you ain't seen no Creed then. You're no, no, no. Right but now. but it, it, it's at least comparable. It, 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 it's almost sort of the revamped, revitalized story of Rocky. So it's at least as good. I don't know that it's better. Just because I, I think it, 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 it f- depends too much on the tropes that was set forth by yeah, the original no, I, movie. I get it. I get it. I think it's one of the most comparable reboots revamps whatever you want to call sure. it sequelize whatever you I think it's one of the best that they've ever done it it captures the spirit of the first 100%. engages you in a story right. continues right. it like brings you back there it plays a little too hard on the nostalgia factor I but that's say. cool because as somebody who didn't like I appreciate Rocky like I've I've seen the movies and stuff but five I don't even remember like and Rocky Balboa with Milo whatever I never could finish that it was on one time when I was donating plasma and I was like this is some dog shit <laughs> it's like but um yeah but I don't know I, I fuck with Creed really heavy it's one of my favorites but again I, I have to give respect to the Rocky franchise for it because again it, it hits so many of those beats but I fuck with Creed real heavy sure, like, I sure. Love, and plus love Michael B. Jordan is yeah. just awesome in everything so yeah um you had written down Shaolin Soccer, or I wrote down Shaolin Soccer. That's another great sports movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just again, it, it's the Stephen Chow comedic value of it all. But it's, I mean, it's kung fu with He's soccer. Brilliant. You know, just it's it it's it's everything you want to see in a kung fu mo- movie. It's very reminiscent of the Shaw brothers in terms of just yeah, he's heavily just just overly dramatic karate moves and and 
but it's it's also everyone has a style. Where yes, it's like the yeah. diagram pole fighter fights a certain way, and like right, I have the, my phoenix style, I have yeah, my tiger yeah, yeah. style of kicking, I have my yeah. dragon style of soccer, or whatever yeah. it is, and it's like five it, deadly venoms of soccer. Pretty right, much. right, but but it's also this very beautiful blend of comedy in the very much vaudeville Buster Keaton Charlie Chaplin style of like he's not afraid to slip on a banana peel or, or at all yeah yeah uh, yeah Michael throws around vaudeville a lot I think it actually is spot on with this analogy sure yeah yeah we gotta learn new comedic beats and tropes <laughs> it's vaudeville it's Looney Tunes it's I mean a, we watch the same things yeah, over and over and over again it so it does appeal to us so um uh yeah so uh, another one of mine would probably be the wrestler, and I I know that it's not technically a sports. Quote I thought you were gonna say surf ninjas, which is also <laughs> a great, also a great. Which three ninjas is far better? But anyways, I digress. The wrestler, <laughs> yeah, the wrestler. Darren, was it Darren Aronofsky or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with uh, Mickey Rourke and uh, a bunch of really classic wrestler cameos I, I won't even get into it but like uh, isn't what's her name she plays Aunt May now isn't she in that movie um, Marissa Tomei Marissa Tomei she's incredible yeah. in that fucking movie and she plays a gorgeous stripper and that's all I'm gonna say about that yeah like, she's incredible in that movie um, yeah for 50 something years old she is looking toy yeah um, anyways um, but I, I know it's not quote unquote a sports movie but it is very much in the rocky aesthetic in terms of Someone who was into a sport or into physical activity now trying to make good. And quite frankly, it's just brilliant and beautiful and really kind of overly melodramatic. But that's kind of the whole point of wrestling anyway. So, like, it it beautifully melds the violence and... and over-dramaticism of wrestling with sort of the emotional current of his own life um, in this really hauntingly beautiful way. Um, anyway, it, it's worth a mention. And if you haven't seen it, even if you're not a wrestling fan, it's just really, really well done. And Mickey Rourke gives probably... Performance of a lifetime. I, I mean, he got nominated for an Oscar if I... If I, I think so, yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, Marissa Tomei is great. And... and um, yeah, just really, really good. Just yeah. even if you're not a wrestling fan, but in, in terms of sports movies, it's worth mentioning, and I think it's it, at least honorable mention. It's it's really good in the sense of it paints the picture of how how many of these classic people are like, oh man, whatever happened to the Iron Sheik? And, and I'm not using him as an sure as somebody that fell into this category necessarily, only because I don't know. But like so many of these wrestlers that you were like, oh, they were iconic in the '60s, '70s, '80s. Like they got done dirty, and they retired broke with no insurance or bodies broken busted like they're trying to go sign autographs and stuff and like it's not selling like it used to and it's it's tough man and yeah. so like a lot of these guys have just retired like, forgotten you you could almost replace wrestling with like pro football or it's, boxer it's, or whatever and like it still would tell the same story in terms of like someone who was at the height of their career and now is sort of dealing with the tail end of that and, and the ramifications of what happens when you you were so high and now you're brought low. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good pull, though. So, anyway, 
like I said, it's worth mentioning. It's one of my favorites. No, I would think, in my opinion, just to, to push it to to wrap it up here, I think the best sports movie, and this is, please send us an email at www.whatchabenwatchingpodcast.com at gmail.com. At whatchabenwatchingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can search for us at uh, Deadly Bros Podcast on Facebook, Facebook yes. or just look for What You've Been Watching on Facebook. Yes. Uh, Continue. Again, no, so please let us know what your thoughts on the top movie, um, sports movie are. For me, it's The Sandlot. Um, the Sandlot is a fucking incredible movie. Sure. And it, as an adult, I, when every time I go back and watch it, it has never once lost its charm or its luster. It just adds to it, man. It's, it's it's the best parts of, of like, and I know Michael, I think, was just about to say this. We had, we had talked about it a little bit, but, like, it's Stand By Me, and it's The Bad News Bears, and it's yeah. Field of Dreams, and it's all of that just rolled yeah. into one yeah. glorious, like, family. It's not even a kid's movie. It's like a friendly, family-friendly package. Sure. And it's just so, and it just incorporates, like, the spirit of what I want in a sports movie. It's, it's the teamwork aspect. Right. It's the, like, hey, we're also, when we... It, we're gonna play better on the field because they show all these behind-the-scene antics of like, oh, we're gonna build a, a Lego Erector set to try to get our baseball bag. Sure, like we're gonna sure. spend the night in the treehouse. We're going to the pool, or or and, and, and you know, yeah. the, the whole epic with Wendy Pfefferkorn. Yeah, and stuff well, like yeah, that. yeah. And like we're gonna build this team camaraderie in ways that we don't even recognize we're doing it to achieve this greater goal. Yeah. And like they're not even they play one other team the entire right. time. Yeah, right, right. And they're right, like because right. they say let's you play. What does it say? You hit like a girl? Or you throw like a girl? Right. You hit like, like a, a girl. girl. And they play ball over that, man. And those are fighting right. you words. You sniff butts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you play ball like a girl. And those are fighting words. And that's the only other team we see them play the entire time. But it simply just incorporates for love of the game. Yeah. And that's what it is. And to me, that just like makes it the best sports movie of all time. Of but, all time. But it's also much... If it was just about... Them playing baseball would be it would be one thing, but it's also a coming of age tale right. and and again sort of recognizing where you you know it's told from the the perspective of the new kid in town who knows nothing about baseball and so all he wants to do is just fit in, and so the local you know all the local kids are into playing baseball and so yeah. he. he does research and is bugging his his stepdad, who was played by Dennis Leary. He's great in that movie too. It's pretty pretty good role in yeah. that. Uh, but it's so fucking quotable too, man. It is. It is. Like, you're killing so, me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. It stood the test. It's forever. They get the shoes that can make a man run faster, jump higher. That's like, right. That's right. The Beast. You the know, beast. they tell the story yes, of the Beast. Yes. This is yeah. incredible. James Earl Jones. Yeah, like, James Earl. Yeah. Now we're just randomly quoting highlights. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's, it's s'mores. How can I have some more if I've never had one? Yeah, it's yeah, it's such a good movie. And like squints going to make out with Wendy Pfefferkorn and like lotiony and oily and lotiony and oily. She knows what she's, she's doing. doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant. I think to me that is the best sports movie of all time. It, yeah, yeah. But if not, even even objectively, and I'm not opposed to hearing other people, which please email us at 
whatcha'beenwatchingpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. But please let us know, because I'm, I'm willing to take suggestions. Rocky, I could see being up there, stuff like that. But man. You know, I just thought of another one. On, fuck with me on some Sandlot, though. Come on now. Rollerball. The oh, old, the original? Yeah, the old yeah. James Conn. Technically a sports movie. Yeah, I mean, it's but it's also movie. about it's also about so much more because it's about capitalism and and sort of selling your soul for the corporations and and what one man is willing to do to keep his integrity. You know, uh, you know. Should I throw the 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 last game in order to save myself or keep the the spirit of the sport pure kind of thing uh yeah that's another good one that's kind of the longest mile too or the longest yard yeah. but again it, it's it's very not the longest it, mile. It, i mix it, up the green mile the green. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I get going sometimes dead man four yards exactly <laughs> dead man touchdown <laughs> green turf green, green mile. astro turf who yeah, knows? Who what knows, are we talking man. about yeah Dude shaped like linebackers. Who knows? <laughs> Same shit. Rest the longest peace. mile. Who knows? Yeah. Rest in peace, Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's that's sort of... I think the best sports movies are not necessarily about the sports themselves, but about sort of the struggle to find oneself within that. Yeah. Again, like the Sandlot and Rocky and the Wrestler and and all of this, you know, like, yes, I do this thing, but is that what defines me? And and is that the thing that I am only going to be known for? Can I can I surpass just being the athlete kind of thing? Right. You know. Yeah. The one trick pony, as it were. Yes. Yeah. 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 I get it, man. So yeah, I just thought that would be a nice segue as uh, we talk about some things that, uh, as I gear up for sports season, which I, I won't get a chance to talk about here on this podcast, because people will be like, shut the fuck up, we know you're an Eagles fan, go Birds, whatever, whatever, go Knowles, hey, okay, we know Marcus, so. but I was just curious, man, because there's, it's weird to do a good sports movie right, because like I said, the good ones have already set those tropes down so right. much like I fully admit the Mighty Ducks is very much so the very much so the Bad News Bears. Sure. Right, very right, much so. Right, right, right. You know, but it The wrestler is very much Rocky yeah, and, and, and so on and so forth. But right? like they're when they're done well, it's like these tropes stand the test of times, like the, the, the stereotypical sports movies. Like it's so ingrained in the ingrained in the pantheon of like what we expect from a good sports movie that sure. it's it's hard to veer too far from it. You know, so I they do kind of hold a special place in my heart, um, but again, they're very few and far between. You know, it's like. But. but but when they work, it's it's this beautiful experience of the triumph of the human spirit. Yeah, like Miracle and, on Ice is a fucking great movie. Oh oh god! But yeah. again, so is Field of Dreams. Like but that. but again, Miracle on Ice is just Cool Runnings, which is just no, they win. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Sure, right. They definitely Spoiler win. alert! Jesus. Yeah. For the Olympic hockey team. Are we going to beat the Russians? Spoiler, Spoiler alert. We do. We do. In grand fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, it's like it's hard to veer too far from that. But again, things. even when when we beat the Russians again in, uh, what was it, 2010? Whatever it was. Or, yeah. or 2012 Winter Olympics. It was, people were calling it the Miracle on Ice 2. And I got to be honest, I watched most of those games. Especially like the final game between Russia and America where it came down to a shootout. Oh my god, yeah. I can't wait until they do that movie. That's yeah, exactly. going to be great. 
Miracle and Ice too. Still Miracle and still, still Ice. Miracle. I want Steven Yen to play Oshi. Oh yeah, Steven Yen's. Come I just on. Saw, we'll talk about it next week. I saw Nope, and he's he's in that movie. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about it next week. But yeah, oh, okay. okay. So stick around for the next What You've Been Watching, where we discuss Nope and uh, quick a bunch review. Of other stuff. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quick review. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, this half fifty bottle of Kavasi tells we're about out of time here. That's what it. you've been watching. Uh, go see a movie. And talk about it with somebody you love. Deuces. <laughs>